When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is On The Mark as we talk some basketball. Big three style. Roger Mason Jr., who of course played in the NBA with the Bulls, the Raptors, the Wizards twice. He was a Spur, a Nick, a Hornet, Miami. Played overseas as well. Now the uh, president and commissioner of the big three taking time. Uh, Roger, first of all, uh, let's. Uh, you guys are a little bit past the halfway point of the season. How uh, has it exceeded your expectations? I mean, how would you size up how it's gone so far? Well, so far it's been great. You know, I think, you know, we, we wanted to measure this season not only uh, by the basketball players and their experience in the league, but also the fans and the way that the fans could actually enjoy these games in person and on television. And I think we've delivered a great product, and it's only going to go up from here. So this week you, you had news with uh, Allen Iverson being uh, – was not in, in attendance down in Dallas. You expected him to be there. What, what, what's the latest with Allen? Well, we're still, we're still investigating and, and getting all the facts uh, to find out what went on with Allen. Um, as you mentioned, uh, we were expecting him to be there. And, and so, yeah, at this point, you know, we're gathering information and, and uh, we'll make a decision as a league uh, momentarily. I've been paying close attention. You guys were uh, in Chicago a couple weeks back, and uh, we've, we've talked to a bunch of your players. And I, I've seen where you, uh, you know, when, when the league started, you had, you know, big-time targets out there. You want to get Kobe involved, and people, of course, are just reaching out to you all the time. Hey, can you, get, can you get Michael to play? Can you get Shaq or whoever? How do you balance, like, getting the superstar out there versus just having, you know, pure competitive basketball? Like, I, I, what do you guys – like, what's the bigger focal point? Do you want to – you know, get the big names out there and not worry about the product? Or, you know, how, how do you balance all that? Yeah, well, I mean, we're a professional sports league. And so um, most leagues are driven by star players. And so a lot of fans want to see those guys. And certainly um, you know, we think that at this point 
we're going to attract even more star players next year. Um, as a lot of them see what this is. You know, I think early on there were questions about how competitive is it? Is it a real league? I think all those questions have been answered. And so our expectation is next next year we'll have even more star power. And still, you know, to make good teams, you still need you know great role players as well. And I think we're going to attract both. So you guys have gotten great crowds. I mean, as far as the finances of the league, are, are, what would what would you say there? Have you have you are you making more money than you thought you would? You've got obviously your you know Fox Sports is covering the games too, showing them on TV. How about that side of it? Well, I think our ratings uh, from a television standpoint are higher than it, what anybody would have imagined. Uh, certainly, you know there were some cities that thought we'd sell a couple thousand tickets, and you know, we've got a couple cities where we've done over fifteen thousand. So. Uh, I think we've over-delivered, but, you know, our expectation for this league is high. Uh, we want to shoot to do even better week in, week out. And, uh, you know, we think from a profitability standpoint, you know, the league is in great shape. And, and as we move forward, it'll continue to be that way. Seen a lot of people, and I think it makes sense, asking, hey, you know, when you're in, you guys are, you know, you're going to be in Kentucky. So why not have, you know, bust out an, an old Wildcat to come on out and play or if you're in LA, have have a Laker or a Clipper, Seattle, the same thing. You know, upcoming dates for you guys. Have you have you thought about that? Like, you won't necessarily be on. I'm sure you've thought about it, but have you you won't necessarily be on a roster, but you will be splashed onto one team that weekend. A, a local guy who the fans in that city would love to see. You know, I really don't like that at all. You know, I, I feel like that's gimmicky, mm-hmm. and I don't think that uh, is fair to the guys that have put in work, really preparing for the season. Um, so I did see a couple of articles that are speaking about that, but um, to me, you know, I, I, I like the fact that a, that a player, you know, is with his team for the season. They have training camp together. They work hard as a team, and um, you know, they they, they uh, really gel together from a chemistry standpoint. I think to to touch on what you're talking about, you know, it'd be great that during the draft, um, you know, to have some of those guys that are going to be that will, you know, from the cities that we play in. Um, that will be a part of those teams. So for Kentucky, for example, if in the combine next year, we've got Tayshaun Prince or Keith Bogan or some of these other former Kentucky guys that are trying to get drafted, I think uh, we can kind of get it done that way. But I don't really like the idea of just kind of mixing and matching based on where you're playing. You got any desire to lace them up yourself? One thing that I think this has shown, <laughs> this league, yeah, you got to put in the time, and you got to have some some gas in the tank. And for me, I, I think I got gas in the tank, but all of my time is spent uh, trying to grow the business yep. and doing the business side. So if I went out there, it'd be an embarrassment, <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't be good for anybody. I watched the video with Stephen Jackson and Charles Oakley, and. Uh, Steven's mad that Oak took him out of the game and Oak took him out because he was yelling at the officials and he wouldn't let it go. And then Steven threatens that, you know, he's going to check himself back in. And he's like, well, and Oak says, well, you're going to have to walk right through me. And so basically, you know, you, you got two guys who you wouldn't think would care to the level that they're caring are caring a whole lot. And of course, you know, there's a lot of respect between the two. So it never escalated past that. But I, I thought that was just a great sign that guys really want to win and, and coaches are coaching in, in whatever way you want to call it. Yeah, this was something that you know, didn't surprise me at all. But I think, you know, a lot of fans, a lot of people were surprised by how competitive this league is. But one thing I know as a former NBA player, if you throw a ball up, um, and you have a real league, real competitiveness is going to come out. And so I think that's what you're 
seeing. You know, I, I actually enjoyed seeing that exchange as well, just knowing both of those two guys. They're both winners. They both want to win and are competitive. And uh, it, it was good to see. And, and that's what we want to unlock with our league. You know, we want to unlock some of the behind-the-scenes that happens in games that you wouldn't typically see. Former uh, player, we see, we've seen these three-on-three battles our whole careers because in practice, three-on-three basketball is what we play the majority of the time. So um, we've been seeing it, and now it's really cool to have fans get to see these three-on-three battles as well. Have you had any conversations with Michael Jordan? I haven't directly, but, but I have, we have been in touch through mutual friends. Okay. Because, you know, guys want to challenge him all the time, and he's beating Michael Kidd-Gilchrist one-on-one. And I guess LeVar Ball now knows that Mike thinks he can beat him with one leg. By the way, do you think he could beat LeVar Ball with one leg? Because I think he could. One leg, Jordan, right? Jordan could beat LeVar Ball with any leg. Flat <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and then what, 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 is, what has Kobe said? I mean, these, these, I would think they'd want to come out and play. I mean, you know, it's, you always have the love of the game in you, right? It's, that's never going to leave. Yeah, well, look, you can only play this game for so long. And even in a half-court setting, you know, you only have a certain amount of time that you can play. And so uh, someone like Kobe, who's one of the greatest of all time, and he's proven everything he can prove, um, it's just about having fun for him. You know, he's got plenty of money. You know, he's, he's done everything you could possibly do in basketball. But if he still has that itch next year, um, I think we're the league for him because we can still bring that competitiveness out, and, and he can still be a great, great player in our league. For for those who uh, don't get the the pay structure, are these guys getting a salary, Roger, or is it just uh, if you win the league, then you get paid? How does that all work? Yeah, so all guys get a salary, um, and and so um, every player that's playing is being compensated. But we do give a little twist based on where you finish at the end of the season uh, is where you get uh, a revenue split, a revenue share. So if you win the league, you get thirty percent of the player share. And if you're in last place, you get two and a half and everything in between. So all the games are competitive. Even when you don't make the playoffs, you're still playing for something pretty significant. And so we think that model has uh, helped to encourage competitive play throughout. Who gets the credit for the four-point circle? Everyone's loving that. I'm loving that. Is that you, Roger? No, you got to give Ice Cube the credit for that. Okay. You know, that was Cube's brainchild, and, and, and he thought that that would be an exciting uh, play to add, and I'll tell you, it's been a hit. Uh, players love it. Um, some of the announcers are, are calling it Curry Land, but it's been a lot of fun to see guys have range and be rewarded for during the game. Did you know Q before this all went down? I mean, how did that partnership between you being in the league and being the commissioner and 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 Q all? How did that work? Well, you know, great. Uh, Q's longtime business partner and manager Jeff Quadnitz. Um, it's someone that I've grown to know in business, and we've done some things together. And so um, I think with my experience, both as a player and then as an executive with the Players Association, uh, they approached me about this, and, and, and Jeff and I had spoken about 3 on 3 basketball in the past. And, uh, you know, I thought it was great. I thought the format and a traveling league was something that, that wasn't too ambitious, was something that we could pull off. And obviously my relationships with the players and understanding the business, being on the competition committee at the NBA – um, served me well. So when they approached me about it, you know, I was all in and I was very thankful for both of those guys bringing me in uh, to be a part of the ownership group and management. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Looking back on your playing career, Roger, you you played for you know I listed them before, but you know the the Bulls, the Raptors, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Heat. Where uh, and you had you know greater success, obviously, when you got later in your career. Is there any spot that you, that you hold near and dear to your heart more than others? There's a few. You know, first of all, playing for my hometown, Washington Wizards. I uh, played the most years there, three, and and that was a thrill to be able to have friends and family there, and, and I had a breakout season there. Um, being a starter for the Spurs, and I had one season that I led the NBA in game-winning shots, so that was a special year for me. Um, and then finishing up my career in Miami uh, with Pat Riley and Fostra and playing on a championship-caliber team, um, those are three of the big highlights. But the greatest thing about playing for so many teams is I've been able to see the good organizations and the way they run and, and some of the ones that aren't as successful and uh, it's really helped me as I've moved along in business and understanding, you know, the characteristics of good culture and, and, and great organizations like the Spurs and Heat. So, yeah, if you're going to give the cliff note version as to why an organization like San Antonio has been so successful for so long, outside, I mean, they've had some great players, but there, there obviously is a culture there that they figured out that some teams have not exactly mastered. What, what would you say is like underneath all that? Well, I think the thing that resonates about the Spurs organization is their culture, and it's it, literally from the top down. I mean, from the owners and Pop and R.C. Buford all the way down to the, to the last person in the organization, and they hold everybody accountable, right? Uh, they, they treat everyone with respect, but accountability is number one. And, and so you have Coach Popovich screaming at the top of his lungs at Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, and so the other guys fall in line. And, you know, if something's not right with the owner, you know, Pop will call the owner out in front of the players. And so and he'll get caught up. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a culture of accountability. It's class. It's high-character people. Um, and those are the type of people that they, the Spurs, seek, seek from. And, and I think, you know, the Miami Heat very similar um, in the way that they treat their culture and how important the type of personalities and people that they bring into the organization. So those two are model franchises, in my opinion, from the seven or eight that I played for. And, and uh, it's, no, it's no surprise why they've had so much success. You got a Pat Riley story? There's many Pat Riley stories. Uh, you know, I, I think with Pat, by the time I had gotten there, they had already won two championships. I might have missed some of the great ones, but um, I do know him as a motivator. Uh, there, there's none like him, and he knows how to push the right buttons. And, uh, you know, we, we try to keep those stories close to the chest, but, but Pat Riley certainly has been one of the bigger motivators I've ever come across. Okay. Who, uh, give me the hardest guy that you ever went against consistently in practice. Who was always ready to go practice-wise and, you know, it was kind of, you knew that if you didn't show up, it was going to be a problem. Well, you know, this guy, I, I would say right away is Bruce Bowen. Because not necessarily the most talented offensive player, but I knew um, that one, I was going to be running around defensively guarding him, but uh, when I got the ball, you know, he was trying to make my life a living hell in practice. And, and so you knew that if you didn't bring it, you know, he'd embarrass you defensively. So I, I'd have to say it's Bruce. I think on a, from an from a all-around all standpoint, you know, matching up against D-Wade and LeBron in practice every day was a nightmare. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't get any tougher than that. And Okay, I'm just curious about the LeBron thing. Like, is – People say he's a great teammate, but then you also see him berating guys. You, by the way, most stars all did that magic, Bird, Michael. They're so driven that that's going to come out. 
Uh, how would you describe LeBron as a teammate? You know, I tell people all the time, LeBron is one of my top two teammates of all time, um, him and Tim Duncan. And, you know, aside from the fact the guy has a heart of gold and does anything for his teammates, he really understands the pace of a season. He understands uh, the cycle of, of the players. And, and, you know, what I watched him do with our team in the Heat and, and how he treated everyone and, and how he was as a leader uh, kind of showing the way, um, I just have a lot of respect for. So I, I'd have to say, you know, LeBron's probably the best, one of the best teammates I've ever had. And just jumping off from there to Duncan, like how do you, how do you compare the two? What was Timmy like? Well, Tim was a, had a different kind of approach. You know, he's not as, as uh, kind of is uh, not as loud and outgoing as, as LeBron is. He's more of a show you. Um, he's the type of guy when you when he speaks, you listen, um, and he allows himself to be coached. I think that's Tim Duncan's greatest quality as a teammate is he allows Popovich allowed Popovich to coach him, and that really had the team buy in in a way that you know a lot of teams and a lot of superstars don't quite get, and so. You know, aside from the fact that we know Tim and Pop had their own relationship and they spent time together, uh, it didn't excuse Pop from getting on him. And Tim allowing that to happen allowed the team to get better and, and eventually win all the championships that they've won. Were you scared of Pop? I feel like if I was playing, I'd be scared of Pop. Um, I mean, when I first signed with the Spurs, it's my first time as a starter and you're with guys who've won championships and a coach who's no-nonsense. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say I was a little... I was a little afraid of Pop early on, but uh, you get used to it. You get used to him testing you out, and, and you want to play hard for him. And, and when you look back, you say, sheesh, you know, that, that by far was the best coach I've ever had. Wow. Roger Mason Jr., now, uh, of course, with the big three. And uh, you got your championship game coming up in, in August here, August 26th in Vegas. And you're going to be looking smooth with, with the J.C. Penny outfit here, Roger. That's right. Uh, that's right. I'm excited about our partnership, Big Three with J.C. Penny, and uh, a good friend of mine is Michael Strahan, and so I knew if, if Strahan is stepping these suits, then it must be okay. And, and uh, I'm excited to be rocking for J.C. Penny uh, at the championship. Roger, appreciate the time, and uh, congrats on the success of the Big Three. I think basketball fans, for sure, myself included, have been enjoying it a ton, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how it develops over the years here. It's uh, you're off to a great start. I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.